Roger. Yeah, I think it's pulling the wrong one. I'm just, okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. tape aka the executive buffet also known as uh, where you put your hands on the branch when you're riding in the back of the pickup of daddy's big red truck let's get a song going everybody let's get started off let's kick it off right the intro song here in the podcast that was a little something called uh dinah please blow your goddamn freaking horn welcome to the podcast uh thanks for being here in the intro part two it's a real exciting space to be in to be living here right now where we can do stuff like that little mini funky fun song okay so with that out of the way uh that was probably the best um part of my day right now is a mini funky fun song and that was, uh, like I said, Dinah Blair, Goddamn Horn. If you have a many funky fun song that's like that, please send it to me at uh, live to tape podcast at gmail.com. That's L-I-V-E-T-O-T-A-P-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Okay, okay. My name's Barbara now. And that's now I want to read you some of my favorite reviews of the show that have come in since I did it last time, okay? Cue the music, Michael. Hit it up, and we're going to dance over this with words, all right? Okay, listen to that. That's some good old jazz right there. Okay, let's get right into this right now and share this. Skizboy Sizzles Those Franks is the name of the review, and it's by Ariel Azezel. He says... Or who knows if it's a hey, but it's a boy, so it's a boy. It is a boy. It is a hey. God damn it. I'll let that get the better of me. 
Skiz Boy and Jay Pemberton really knows how to cook them up. I come back again and again. Not only is he the king, the kind king of Tube City, but this guy can French a fry like no other. The rest is the sincere part I'm not going to read, but I don't like this. I love the sincerity here, but I can't read it. Another review here from Daggett. If you're a born-again virgin, this is the podcast for you. Just discover this podcast after my transformation with God. Johnny upholds strong Christian values like my pastor. Well, you got to love that review right there. Thank you. Daggett. Well, I got one here from Austin Lover 88. I was leery of the big red truck, says Austin, but I shouldn't have been, is how the review starts. So it's like, I was leery of the big red truck, but I shouldn't have been. Daddy is smart and daddy is kind. Daddy is important in all caps. Equal parts hilarious informer. This is my new favorite pie. It's the pie with the bod and I want more yesterday, please, or even earlier. Wasn't that good? Here's one, um... Someone says something here. Brandon Walsh draws small dicks. Okay, he draws them small by a shitty god. And he says, Jimmy Jack's flat snacks are on full display here. He got them while the iron was hot. And you can certainly tell he left daddy's truck running at the curb. Okay, so that's the reviews of the podcast. Keep them coming. Keep them hot. Keep them fresh. Drop them in. What I want you to do is imagine this podcast is a loaf of bread and you want to just inject it with your review. So it's a cool type of Japanese bread that's floated up with a, a, a hot feeling, okay? And... Thank you for real. Just keep them coming. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast here. And you just, well, that means you get delivered directly to your inbox on a daily basis. We're about to get into the uh, part two, maybe part three of the podcast. I'm not really sure anymore what those mean, but I can tell you part one is definitely passed. I want to um, want to highlight a, a listener submission here. This is from, uh, uh, who is this from? Who is it from? Why don't, I, why don't I not know these things right away? This is from, this is a song called Doula, which I think is a person who helps you um, have a baby. Is it Doula? And this is from uh, this is from Gray Ingersoll. This beat's so good, I can't rap over it. But I'm gonna give it a try. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Honey boo boo, got a fucking stick in my tooth. Who are you, cool? Cause. Alright, here we go for real. Fillet your fart, I'ma drop you like a lawn dart. Take your hands off my baggage cart. I don't care if your name's. You fill the rest. If you wanna test us, arrest us with your breasts. <laughs> That's the rest. Mac and noodle. Grab a ganoush. Roots. That was an interesting one. Thank you for that beat. That was, uh, that was uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm rusty. What can I say? I'm rusty. Also, sometimes when the beat is like too atmospheric, I just can't get in because I'm so, I'm so into that beat. I've got a real swell podcast for you here. This is a real hot one. This is one that's been sitting, it's been uh, incubating for a while. It's been gathering uh, some real powerful crystals have formed on the surface of this card, actually. So this is a fucking heavy jack. 
This is what we call a double hammer, also known as a fist manipulator, um, uh, an ancient, ran ancient rancor. If you're not sure if you're familiar with rancor, I believe it's an anger-based word. Um, oh, a lot of rancor in here. This podcast is not rancorous, though. It's not cantankerous. It's just a really great one with Riley Gale from the band Power Trip. So I'm not sure if you've heard. You've probably heard me talking about Power Trip in the podcast before because I, I fucking love them. It feels so good to like a band that is alive and currently performing. It's the kind of thing where it's like, oh my god, what a what a because uh, so many bands I end up liking are like legacy shit, you know. Nothing's wrong with that, but you don't get to enjoy this thing that's happening now. And someone hipped me to them a while ago. I listened to it. You know, some of those things don't click the first time, which happens to me all the time. Like some of the stuff I like the best. It took me like um, a second listen, not like a second listen right away, but like it took me some, I don't know. It's like you, you have to come at it from a different angle, basically. Then I then I came at it again, and I was like, I, oh, man, I just fucking lost my shit. It's just the greatest. They're just the goddamn greatest um, combination of so many different things. It's really exciting to listen to them because of that. It's like having a fucking uh, a hamburger with everything on it. That's not even a good example. It's like having a hamburger with a pizza slice in it. That's what it is. It's a hamburger with a fucking pizza slice in it. That's Power Trip for you. So I have the, the lead singer, the vocalist, Riley Gale, on this episode of the podcast. You're going to love it, okay? Here it is. I'll let, you, I'll let you just dip into it and get a real ripping good chunk. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, which you've probably already done. And you can check us out on patreon.com slash live to tape. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot C-O-M slash L-I-V-E-T-O-T-A-P-E. I'm pretty sure that's correct. And there's all kinds of cool live streams going on there now. I'm doing so, 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 so. Go for main engine start. We have main engine start. Four, three, two, one. Zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-zero-four-two-one-
here and there since then. We did like a couple weeks with Danzig, which was pretty cool. <laughs> and then we we actually played a show with the original Misfits also. Jesus. Um, but we just got back from doing like a month in Europe, and we've actually been taking it pretty easy this year. But yeah, it was the last we ended a tour. So so we did all this touring. I don't know. We were gone for like I said like. 19 months or something i don't know when you're gone for 19 months how does that mean like you're literally there's spots never home home. no there's spots where you're home but it's maybe for like a couple days you never feel like you're like settled home you know it's like uh you're right you're you're like uh doing time or like no we're like a sailor and you have like a a a short shore leave or something like that it's just like a couple days but yeah like i was saying we did seven weeks in europe and then had like 72 hours at home not even and then and then went and went and did almost another seven weeks in the u.s but we're in these things called bandwagons which are this like this is in u.s or europe or both this was in Euro- the u.s and uh we were in in the u.s when you're kind of in between touring in like a van and a trailer and then like an actual tour bus now there's this this guy stepped up and has this fleet of these things called bandwagons and they're kind of just like campers built on the back of truck beds so you have like a if you just imagine like a freight liner 18 wheeler with people and some like in redneck it? just like built like took sheet metal and built like eight bunks and like a toilet and like a shower mm. and yeah it's it's really 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 sketchy there's no suspension so you get like thrown out of it um, doesn't it have to have suspension though i have it it clearly like <laughs> not human level I, not human grade suspension. it's like animal grade or it's it's, it's wood grade suspension there's, there's nothing there's i'm t- there's <laughs> we like i was saying there's like a, a guy in a band trying to get like a class action lawsuit together because to of people it. who are just getting injured from like client like like our our merch guy has like p- like pinched this sciatic nerve getting in and out of his bunk because they make they they stack them like three bunks high. I mean you're it's even taller than a standard tour bus, but it's it's way shorter and it's wider. It's very <laughs> it's shaped really crazy. So we it's did, all the wrong things. We did we did one tour where the generator went out and we were honestly considering burning trash. Because it had two windows you could open, and, and and it was, we had to drive through this winter storm. We canceled a show this in America? Connecticut. Yeah, this is in Amer- America. We're on tour with Lamb of God and Anthrax and Death Heaven, and we're leaving Norfolk, Virginia, and it was like the biggest storm to hit the East Coast in a hundred years or something. And as we we're pulling away, our generator died, and they had already canceled the show in Connecticut and then moved the New York City show that was on a Saturday to a Monday. So this was Friday. So we had Friday until Monday to basically get to New York City in one piece. But when we left, this huge storm hits and you're not connected to the driver's cabin. And since... Because they're like a truck driver in their cab. Yeah, we had our friend Matt Izzy driving who... Mm -hmm. You don't have to even have a trucker's license to drive these things. Are you serious? You can have a you can have a regular driver's license. But it's an eighteen wheeler, right? It's not though. It's oh, just it's like it's short. It's short enough. It's just short enough to where you don't have to. It's got seventeen wheels. <laughs> yeah. It's a sixteen wheeler. Fourteen and a half. Wow. It's, no, it's crazy. It's like it's 
He was driving. I, I don't know how this guy gets around all this stuff. Like I, like I was telling you, I had a friend who does insurance and for commercial vehicles, and he took one look at this and was like, "Fuck no! Like, there's no way I'm, I'm I would insure this ever. It's a mobile death trap." But there was, yeah, there was like ice forming on the inside. We were all like huddled together for warmth, Jesus. and our phones were like, you know, it runs on everything runs on this generator, so like. You know, as soon as the last person's phone died, we were like, well, we can't get a hold of the driver if anything happens. So we all just drank until we didn't have anything else left to drink wow. and then laid in our bunks for like eight hours. That's and pretty just fucking metal. Eight had, hours? Yeah, it was like a, like a near-death experience for like eight hours because you're in this pitch black bunk, so it's like almost like a sensory deprivation tank except – Mixed with like a roller coaster too. Why did you? Because you're feeling every bump. Why didn't you decide to not do this? To maybe be like, oh, we can't go. We have to stop and get it was this like, fixed. It was like our big. It was like our big break, sort of. This was our first big tour. We had to do it, okay. and we didn't have time. We didn't have time to stop. Jesus it, Christ. We we had had the problem earlier on the tour, and it, it fixed itself. It was just like we had this picky generator that mm -hmm. would sometimes shut on and off. And it wasn't enough for the company to give a shit and come out and actually do anything God. about it. So they like, we we drove overnight and and somehow survived. But I'll never I'll never forget. I thought I thought the last thing I was gonna hear before I die was we stopped at this like Walmart to get gas or something. And I remember our our uh, our truck driver or our, our driver Izzy was was trying to like start up the generator which is kind of near my bunk, so I was just <laughs> laying in my bunk, and that Blind Lemon song, No Rain, yeah. was playing. You know, the Blind oh. Melon? Blind Melon, see, yeah, yeah, Blind see, Melon. you said Lemon? So blind le I wow. said Blind Lemon because I was thinking Blind, uh, lemon, blind Jefferson? lemon Jefferson, who's from Dallas, where we're from. Oh, shit. There's a club called Blind Lemon. But, yes, Blind Melon, the Blind Melon song, No Rain. So it was like that song was playing in the background, and our driver was just like between pulls on this generator cord, he's just going... Cock sucking, motherfucker! <laughs> I fucking hate this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna snap like, and I was like, this is, this is how I'm gonna. Especially die. that song I, too. Yeah, yeah, and that song, it was there was, the there was opposite. a lot of there was yeah, it was it was really heavy. It was a, it was a really heavy moment. It's maybe like we we all like I drank a bottle of whiskey. I think I was oh. I was too drunk to pass out. You know, like I was like beyond even being able to just go to sleep. I was just laying there sobering up, shit, imagining dying to like. Yeah, to to blind melon, but those are those those are that's 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 like what you do when you go on tour, you know. It's like it's it's it it gives you the option of of saving money on having to like get motel rooms yeah. or like risk, like you know. I'm we're all like about thirty now. Uh, everyone's thirty except for except for Blake, and we can't like stay at people's houses anymore you oh, know like i, I remember mean, one of the last tours that that we did where we were still you know trying to stay at people's houses if we could the, of course it was like the the situation of course where it's like of course you can come stay at our house we have plenty of space and then you get there and it's like they didn't tell you but the after party of oh. the show is there so there's like so you don't get to 30 chill people there and then and then you you also get there and you realize that it's like uh Oh yeah, this is also the house that doubles as the place that does house shows. So the, like the living room is just fucked. You know, you're oh in like a caved-in couch. But we were partying in this room, and I noticed there was a pool table in there, and I noticed there was like a bunch of 
human imprints on the 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 felt. What and do you I mean, like feet? Like, yeah, and like, but like full body right? too. So I was, so I asked one of the guys who lived there. I was like, hey, did, what, you know, was somebody fucking on this pool table? And he was like, yeah, it was me. He's like, I sleep on it too. Jesus. I was like, so you sleep on this all the time? And he's like, yeah. He's like, that's where I sleep. And he's like, that's where. This girl slept last night, and I was like, "You." I'm the hardest thing available. I was re- he, I his his game's got to be pretty impressive if he's like betting someone on a pool table. What city? Oh man, it was like Springfield, Missouri. That sounds about right. That sounds like yeah, a town that was, people sleep on a fucking pool yeah, table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It was great. There was, that was um. Our merch guy thought it'd be funny to pull a prank where he would try and keep the door shut that was like a front screen door and had like a little glass window and uh he was trying to stop it with his foot and then uh our drummer tried to like force the door open and it swung and like the his face just went perfectly through the glass window and it it broke and we were all like and just started laughing and like just like fell all over the place laughing and this girl comes in screaming and she's like what the fuck happened? You it's know, my like, fucking glass. That's my glass. It's my house. And she's like, he's a, he's a, you know, he goes, I, I don't know, I don't know what you want me to tell you. It was, it was the wind. <laughs> it was like, it was really windy outside. And, and the guy, the guy who was sleeping on the pool table comes in and he's like, he's like, what happened? Because it was like his house. And we're like, well, we're coming inside, and this <laughs> big gust of wind just blew the door shut and it hit our friend in the face. And the guy was like, yeah, that that sounds about right and that was that was it and i still they still let us sleep there but that's one of those moments where it's like you're you're not you're not getting a you're not getting a good night's sleep so i mean i wouldn't get a good night's sleep even if there was no door and head glass injury or party or yeah it was it was a a gnarly house to begin with yeah what are you allergic to oh we have that yeah 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 yeah. it's a problem for you it's like oh will this thing be a problem that we know is a problem like yeah, I guess it's not gonna be a problem, even though I know, even though I know I hate this thing. Oh, absolutely. That's that's yeah. uh that's the like European classic is to just like uh, uh, tell you the thing that you most want and then tell you that you can't have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll be like, uh, yes, uh, there will be uh, showers at the venue, and you're like, oh, that's great, and they'll be like, there's no hot water, and oh, also cool. it's. Uh, a locker room for a children's pool, so and you're there are showering. So you're, so you're like showering next to like naked German children oh or God. something like that. This that did just happen on this tour. That is a true story. When you guys tour, how often are you doing every every night? Is it uh, almost, yeah, like, there's what's the longest stretch of shows man, you've done? So like you'll there'll be times where you're will you're look down and you're like, damn, we've played like ten shows in a row. But there'll there'll be there'll be times where you have where you have days off. So this European run, we did what everyone in the industry likes to call the circuit. You know, we did the festival, the festival circuit, the festival circuit, Bloodstock. Yeah, we did Bloodstock. (laughs) No, we did, but we did like Hellfest and Grass Pop and Rock Am Ring and Rock Am Park. And yeah, (laughs) and it's so every weekend, in somewhere in Europe, there's a festival, a huge one, where there's like anywhere from twenty to like ninety thousand people, and you go over there, and we had to get a bus because it's such a crazy schedule, and you're just kind of crushing these drives through Europe to get these festivals. Mm-hmm. But because 
the festivals are happening from, you know, like Thursday to Sunday, whatever. They're three, four days long. You can't really play club shows in between. So this last tour, we were gone for like 32 days, mm -hmm. but we only played like 21 shows. No, we weren't gone for a full 30 days. It was like 28 or 29, but, but we only so played like 21, 21 so shows. So you got a lot of hanging out. Yeah, this this last tour especially was a lot of hanging out, but unfortunately it's like a lot of hanging out in like fields. What? Oh, because you're like at the festival. Yeah. You're not like in Munich or something. No, oh. not at all. You're 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 stuck field. at these places, and it's and it. it what was the best field? Oh, you get like the best field. The best field to hang out in. The best field was definitely this one called Greenfield in Switzerland, and you're like 360 degrees surrounded by the alps oh that's so yeah. it's it's gorgeous like i woke up and it was it was kind of like comical how how, how pretty it, it is, was right? i yeah. got i got out of the bus at like 8 a.m and there was a group of like 50 people paragliding oh. down one side of the mountain yeah <laughs> yeah like i was waiting for some guy to like Step out in the full like uh, leader hosen, leader hosen, and be like, oh, "Would you like a ricola, sir? Would you like yeah, a beer?" No, but I got the best massage of my entire was it beer life. Massage? It was it was called a gru gruisha massage. Okay. A a really small Swiss woman, like four eleven, took like a wooden spoon what and just fuck? grinded it across my back. I'll I'll, I'll show you pictures and of the, spoon? the listeners will just have to uh, get the react. These, these no, I didn't get the spoon. Here. We'll get some but, show notes. But this is this is how badly this was immediately after. That's how oh, badly my back was fucked. Oh, that's interesting. That's like up. one of those things where they do the like the cupping kind of thing. Yeah, it was kind of like cupping, but uh, she it's just she was just smoothing out every like uh, fiber in my in my back Jesus and it Christ. and it made me feel great. I have like yeah. a lot of 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 tightness and and soreness. I'm gonna go to Switzerland now just for this, dude. It was I I I don't I always thought it was like. The Swedish massage was the big thing, like right? But ma I think the Swiss or the Swiss might be where it's Switzerland at. Switzerland is the greatest place. That was the prettiest field. Worst field, I know you didn't <laughs> ask, but worst field, <laughs> I just have to point out, was Grass Pop in Belgium. We were there on the last day, and it was, it was just plastic everywhere. It was really. Oh, like dirty. I'm not even uh, like I try and. I've been trying to watch my my ecological footprint a little bit more in the last few years, I guess, but. I'm usually not someone who gets like emotional over stuff like that, but I was like frustrated yeah, with how dirty. And I think they spend weeks cleaning these places up and put a lot of money into the towns that that host these fests and stuff because they're always in these small towns and you have all these mutants and just psychopaths descending upon it for four days and just fucking it up. But yeah. It's by like the time we were the there the on horde. Sunday. You couldn't see the the floor really, like you couldn't see any grass, you couldn't see any field, and then it was just like bodies and plastic, and there was just like smells, like combinations of smells I had never smelled before. It smelled <laughs> like farm animals, and there was not like a farm animal in sight. It so was this was human. It was like the wretchedness of humanity. You don't get that in the states. The states yeah. don't go for the big open air festivals. Yeah, hey, we just don't do that shit. And I don't want. I don't want like. The, it's crazy because you get up there and you play to the biggest crowds and you get these crazy reactions. I mean, you have huge mosh pits and like, you know, hundreds of people circle pitting and stuff. So it's like you don't want to talk down to them, but you know, like I, <laughs> I saw a woman. I was I was trying to find my friends at that grass pop mm -hmm. festival and I had just watched Hawkwind and then and Kiss was Damn. playing. 
and I was trying to find the band and like some other. Wait, friends. so you didn't want to watch Kiss? Well, I did watch the spectacle of Kiss, but it was it was Kiss so is, it was so bad. Kiss to me is about the greatest trash that exists. It was it was like going to like especially a, compared if, to Hawkwind. It was like going to like oh it was it was like the polar opposite. Yeah. It was it was Dave Brock who's like the original guitar player for Hawkwind. He's like seventy six years old, and then like the the longest standing drummer and. They just went off. Who's the main guy again? It's uh. It's Dave Brock, but but Lemmy was Lemmy, in the band. Right, okay, Lemmy yeah. started the he band, started it. but like Dave Brock's the guy who kind of kept it going throughout the years, and he usually doesn't tour the states. They have like this like other version. It's like Nick Turner's Hawkwind, who I think he was really? just like the saxophone and like keyboardist. Like who cares? That's not a lot this of stakes guy, in This Hawkwind. guy. This guy. It was just like I watched this dude who is older than Gene Simmons just shred on guitar and yeah. sing and sound amazing for an hour and 15 minutes they and fucking rip, walk man. out but kiss was really bad but there was a, a, a visibly <laughs> pregnant there's a visibly pregnant woman smoking uh, and drinking and like yes! rocking out to kiss that is the epitome and, of kiss and then i'm st- like there's people passed out all around me and then like two belgian guys just like start shoving each other right in front of me like Arguing in what is it Flemish, right? I guess, or, or depends. Maybe they're arguing about was, what do you speak was, Flemish or French? Yeah, <laughs> like like they're arguing about which language they're speaking. Are we speaking French right now? No, Flemish. No, Flemish. I'm speaking French, and he's like, "How dare you?" Yeah, and they and nearly. I don't. They didn't fist fight, but I, it was just. The, it was a really dark scene. The only thing <laughs> that we need to make that a complete kiss concert would be to be a, a child eating his own shit in the corner. That would be yeah, a very yeah. kiss thing. Yeah, I'm sure there was somebody just, like, digging into yeah. a diaper somewhere. Something nasty or someone, like, smoking with their feet. I, or just something terrible. Gene Simmons went into, like, a bass solo, and God. he does this thing where he, like, bleeds blood and everything out oh. of his mouth. And 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 <laughs> I, I was laughing, like, I was crying from laughing. Like, my stomach, I was yeah. doubled over, and... Uh, and then I collected myself, and I realized that, like, the rest of the audience was laughing at him, too. Like, I wasn't... It was so... Yeah, it, it reached, like... They, like... They have these giant oct- octagonal pads above them, and they would raise say their Gene, name? In, uh, Gene <laughs> into the crowd. Oh. And it, rather than film Gene's face singing the song, they would have these, like, holograms light up on these, you know, super high-def pads. Jeez. Of like a 3D, just you know, um, 3D Gene floating Gene Simmons head singing the lyrics to the song that they're like playing, not playing because they're clearly playing to a track. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was honestly surreal. Like it would yeah. cross the uncanny valley for me, where I was wasn't sure if they could. You could have told me that that was like a gene that someone got like a a pretty was doing pretty good fun kiss. Of like a pretty good yeah making making fun of him yeah. i mean like paul stanley's voice like is like i know he's been doing that 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 crazy voice for a long time and he was like hey grass pop and it's like sounds like you think th- like he made like the dr roxo character from metalocalypse look tame you remember that oh, yeah. that character i don't know that well i got to have um it's it's, it's he just it's it's like it's it's very hard to watch and say like how self-conscious are they of what they're doing. I don't know. I, mean, I feel like they're. This guy be somewhat self-conscious because they make a lot of money, but I think it's this thing where maybe they're self-conscious, but they're also just have no shame. I would say Kiss has 
Well, especially Gene Simmons has no shame whatsoever. So our tour manager is a big kiss head. Actually, hmm. um, interviewed Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Said Paul Stanley is a sweetheart. Gene Simmons is kind of a dick. Yeah. Apparently, they've never been friends. It's always been a business relationship. Weird. Like they don't talk to each other. That sounds like a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah, they have like security that keeps themselves away from each other. If they hate each know. other. Why would they need security to stay away? Well, uh, right. So I. Mm. I've heard, I, you know, you, you get to right. learn things about these bigger bands, and it's pretty crazy, uh, just the way some people operate. But I think that's that's a part of it. Like, I th think they go out there consciously trying to give people a good show, mm -hmm. and they're, they're probably able to laugh at themselves, but they, w they won't break, <laughs> they, like, won't break that. They, I don't know. The veneer. They, they will not yeah. break the veneer. Like, they're going for it. So it's like either it's the greatest thing in the world to you and you love every second yeah. of it. It's just like professional wrestling kind of. It's a very polarizing thing. That's sort true. Of. I never thought about that way. When you guys were coming up, what was, like, the stuff that you listened to the most? In terms we of came up mostly in, like, the hardcore punk scene sort of. Okay. So it was, like, a lot of, like, you know, like, DIY spaces and, like, basement shows and stuff like that they call you guys crossover metal or something like yeah, that. yeah because we started off mostly sort of as like a metallic edge kind of punk band and then mm -hmm. as we got better at playing our drummer is actually probably the best guitar player in our band oh wow chris olsh is, has he has a bunch of other bands that he's played guitar with um just just like a really brilliant guy like musician mm -hmm. all around and he joined the band because we just needed a drummer, and he was like, "I can play drums. I've never yeah. played drums full time in a band." But now, and he's then in. now, ever now that everybody's sort of proficient, it's like it's become we've just sort of morphed into like a metal band. It was kind of a, it made sense to progress that way. Yeah, because this style is definitely not like a normal metal style, which I like a lot. It feels like a punk. We have no know. double bass. Yeah, that's no like bass. a that's like a vocal rule that people ask about a lot. And mm -hmm. It's not like a rule. It's just we think we can make songs. I think songs just sound cooler with without it. You know, like it sounds more raw. When I, I think like it's the difference between like a like a bulldozer. To me, a double bass is like a bulldozer, which is kind of fun. But then without the double bass, you're more like a I don't know. You're like a tiger. <laughs> I feel like well, analogy. I feel like no. See, I feel like there's power in like, both. Yeah, it's 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 interesting though. Like when I think of songs that like really, like rock or like, like like there's like even songs like one of my favorite uh, Entombed songs, which is like a classic death metal band, tons of double bass. One of my mm -hmm. favorite parts is in the song "Sinners Bleed," and it has this transition that goes into like a single kick part, and yeah. it just hits so hard, you just like can't resist like banging your head to that there's a lot of space and, in it too. but like acdc motorhead like they like never really had double bass some later motorhead but like a lot of the parts i don't know i just think it rocks that much more and we have a lot of emphasis on our riffs and stuff like that i like our our drummer approaches his drum kit like a guitar like he's just bashing the hell out yeah. of that thing it's like it, there's no flashiness to it so it's like why does he, if he's playing, you know, like, he doesn't need to be playing, like, lead drums where the drums are really carrying right. everything. He can sort of, like, just get into this pocket and just be a fucking machine and play really hard, play 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 the rhythm, play it really solid, 
No, like, fancy flair stuff. What metal bands do you think are like that, that have, like, a really drum-forward sound? Um, Like, Celtic Frost, okay. Metallica, like, early Metallica, obviously. You know, people give Lars a lot of shit because he's, like, such a bad drummer, but I think yeah. he's just a, a less-is-more kind of drummer. Yeah. I think that's the way a lot of us in the band feel about him. Um, I mean, we just pull from, like, a lot of punk stuff, like Discharge, like, a lot of, like, UK punk Okay. Like GBH and stuff like that. They play these, like metallic riffs. Have stuff that plays really fast, but there's no double bass. Right. And, and it's just more. There's not much difference between what we're playing. It's more like tones. Just like the way you know we're set up yeah. in the studio, and you know, like you can there you can trace song influences that we have to like like industrial stuff like Godflesh. Like a lot of people told us that. Our last record reminded them of Ministry, and oh, that's I cool. know our guitar player had never heard Ministry before. Yeah, Ministry's pretty specific. Right. They're talking like early Ministry, where it was very, like, much more guitar-driven, and there was a lot of these, like, really chuggy guitar parts, and it's not that we have, like, almost no direct industrial influence, mm -hmm. especially on Blake, who writes pretty much all of the guitar riffs, so, like, it was, it was interesting that we sort of arrived at the same thing that another band yeah. did sort of i guess that does that make sense like yeah, we sort of without like trying to sound like another band we ended up sounding like a band that had sort of existed before but we also know that you know like ministry was a band that liked bands like discharge and celtic frost and like napalm death and stuff that we're sort of influenced by so it kind of does that's make like sense early thrash stuff yeah it was some of it yeah and like some of it's more on the punk side like you know, we it was it was like, all right, here's all these like hardcore punk bands I like when we started the band. And then here's like metal bands that I've been getting into nuclear assault, or like Exodus, you know, uh, Venom, Ven Venom, definitely like uh, Excel was always one. This band called the Crumb Suckers, we thought it was like, <laughs> yeah, they had a great name. They have really great artwork, too. How long? I mean, when you I guess what I mean, I want to ask is like in terms of thrash, what do you think is the birth of thrash like the oh, first iteration of it that's a good question because i'm not like a very good music historian I, I i i know bands that i like and i think i really do think it was kind of birth in the bay area so there are some bands that came before metallica but like i think metallica really just kind of kicked kicked it off slayer okay. too but because there was a lot of People weren't sure what they were calling it then. People will argue that it was like called speed metal. Yeah. Or or some people even like lump it in with like death metal. It kind of doesn't matter at some point. Like it's like it a doesn't thing matter where you're to me. Hairs. Right. Yeah. You're really sort of starting to split hairs. But like the 80s definitely is like where like extreme metal started to come around, where people were starting to figure out like playing black sabbath riffs really fast yeah. actually sounds really cool yeah that's kind of what a lot of it was was these guys playing like classic rock or like early like more metal like rainbow you know they like really like dio and and merciful fate and stuff like that just playing that stuff sped up yeah i feel like there's also that thing where there's like the stoner metal contingent that some of those bands would now become kind of like I feel like High on Fire now is sort of a thrash band almost. High on Fire always played fast though. Like yeah. they, even their first record, which I like a lot, like that Blessed Black Wings record, like That's opens up really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. The drums, 
love the drums on that. It's super unique. Like that's that's a band that we're about to go on tour with. We haven't announced it yet, but here it is. You heard yeah, it first. Yeah. This When's is that gonna start? Boom! Dropped. Uh, it's gonna start in Austin at this. Uh, you guys coming to LA? At the Levitation Fest. Yeah, we're gonna play Thank the re- we're gonna God. play the Regent. That's yeah. gonna be a show. I'm probably gonna. I'm really die excited, at. man. I'm gonna die at that show. <laughs> it's, I'm really excited because it's like. Matt Pike lost his toe and like canceled two tours. That's the most Matt they Pike thing ever. They put out a record. Ever. They lost like won a, a Grammy. Toe? You know. How did he lose a toe? He, I think, it, diabetes. Like frostbite. Diabetes. <laughs> 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 I think it's diabetes. Yeah. But yeah, Matt Pike was out hunting for, I don't know, for elk, weed, weed, uh, weed seeds, and got frostbite. Yeah. Man. But the one time I met Matt Pike was at this thing called Dark Lord Day in Indiana. It's like outside of Chicago. Oh, that's the uh, the, the, fe- the brewery, brewery festival, yeah. yeah. And uh, he like, no shame, immediately just like started hitting on my girlfriend, and he was like smoking kratom out of a weed pipe. He's kind of a um, he's very that weird. sort of fellow. He's like yeah. a uh, from what I hear, he's a person who's I'm really always excited. living in the shit. I'm excited to s- to see him and what stage of Matt Pike, I'm gonna get because it seems like a, take a shit at a salad bar. Who, who knows? <laughs> who knows what we're gonna get? Or take a shit in a booster seat I'm at a, a salad bar would be cool. The, yeah, it's gonna be a cool tour. So that that's in November too. Wow, so it's rad. It's like the only thing we're really doing this year in terms of touring the U.S. We're like working on our new record and everything. You started recording but it? No, no, we're gonna Just start recording it pretty soon. Maybe like September, October. We're trying to do it the old-fashioned way, what does you that know, mean? Where, where we like go and get like a studio with like a, an apartment that's adjacent to it. You oh, know? so you live and, like, in the studio, you have like yeah, a time lock, you gotta get like, it done. Well, not like a timeline, but we like live there until it fucking gets yeah. done. You know, gets done the right in way. In Dallas? No, we Can were we like we're place? we're trying to we, we we haven't looked too deep yet, but we're, we need to look like. There's a there's an engineer from England that I kind of want to bring over. We're we're sort of figuring out like we have a producer Arthur who's like produced on our last two records, and then we get like an engineer. We like find a nice studio okay. and have someone helping out Arthur. But Arthur is usually like he's like sort of like another creative mind in the band. So wow. it's a kind of a matter of like finding someone that we think is going to work really well with Arthur, and then the studio that's going to produce a good sound for us. So we're gonna really take our time with this one and try and just like find a place where we can just stay there because we've always done it the opposite way where you're on a timeline where it's like okay we've only booked these three weeks at the studio so this is this is the time you have to get it done and and it's it's that pressure that kind of pressure sucks because you might get into a studio and like a song doesn't sound quite as good as you thought it did when you were in like mm-hmm. the jam space so you so you might want to rewrite something and you don't oh. you feel like crunched for time to go through when you think you've committed to this song or like you know my biggest like regret for any record that we've done is that like I, I would go back and redo the vocals because I wish I had more time to spend mm-hmm. on them so it'd be nice if we're everybody is there just like eat sleep breathing a, a whole record you right. know the way like people used to but that's just not the way a lot of bands record anymore. Yeah, the Harry and Nelson it's expensive. Bar it's on expensive. The piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We order, you know, the like the forty piece like, you know, indigenous band to come in and play <sighs> like, you know, like oh the, yeah. The like intro to like the B side of the record, you know, and 
Yeah, it'll look a lot like that scene from Walk Hard where like he's got all the people in the jam space and he needs more like goats and stuff <laughs> like that. Like you know, like we need more roto toms and yeah. I need like six more china symbols and can I get a theremin over here and when you you know just like, like a bunch of toys to play with for two months and Hell yeah. see what we come out with. Do you ever worry about your voice in that situation? It's weird because you are like that's a, that's I I've had to do for all the records that we've done I've had to do them in in segments like mm -hmm. where I I'll go to Philadelphia where our producer lives and and you know um, after everything's been tracked I'll do like a first I'll take my first run at everything and then I'll and then I'll go back home to Dallas and sit on the songs more and maybe rewrite some of the lyrics and then I'll go into like a friend's studio in Dallas and. It's a lot easier for me to cut vocals because you don't have to reamp everything. Yeah. But like, I, mean, I can only I can only the way I do vocals I can only do them for maybe you know, an hour two hours a day tops before it's blown out. So how does that work? But though? I could do it every day with that type of you know, I don't I guess I don't know that much about it, but I feel like there's a certain style of metal vocal that sounds like it's impossible. Well, so how did, did you how did you figure that shit so out? So there's How'd a you there's find a it? There's there, there's a a like a false metal vocal. It's where right. the guys can do like a, you know, you get up there and you just turn the, yeah, and you just turn them the 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 house volume up really loud, and that's that's like what a lot of the black metal guys yeah. do. They can talk like this, yeah. and that they, it's like they're singing. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that loud, and it's not loud at all. <laughs> but like, it's so that's that, bullshit. There's so, so much like, gain that can make a sound. Yeah, so I get up there and I'm like just like belting it from like my diaphragm. Like I learn mm -hmm. how to basically sing out of like my gut as hard, and I'm just yelling as loud as I can. And and all of it is basically me like controlling it into this sort of howl or like yell that kind of sounds you know human and not completely That's animal. Something you arrived at it. It wasn't something that just happened, right? Something where you it took a had lot to of it, it took a lot of work. Like you can sort of hear my progression the as albums? the record through the albums, okay. where like my vocals start to get less talking and like from my throat not like sing-songy but like they're, they're they yeah. get more like just guttural and like a lot fierce even though that they're not low like it's not like cannibal corpse like like, like super deep mm -hmm. low vocals but it's 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 all i i had a i was i was helping this 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 rapper this local rapper in dallas wanted to do this like rock song and he got me in the studio to help him kind of like teach him how mm -hmm. to scream and he was trying to do the fake screaming thing yeah. you know like you know i and i and i pulled him aside and i was like look if you're gonna have me help you do this song you're like you have to go for it like you gotta yeah. yell like you're actually mad like a guttural and, yell and and like you know i just it's as simple as just thinking about yelling from like like while you're getting punched in the stomach that's oh. really as hard as easy as it is to like engage from like the lower part of your lungs and your diaphragm yeah. it's just like imagine trying to sing while like you're about to take like bracing yourself to take a punch <gasps> yeah and then getting it up to the point where you can go <gasps> you know for right. a long period of time and yeah, it's, so you're it's, conditioned in a way. It's funny. It's, it's I, a thing I, where your body's probably changed somewhat since you've been doing oh, it. Oh, definitely. It's like I, learn to form. And I don't like have. I don't lose my voice. Mm -hmm. I don't really ever have like uh, day, so, days yeah. where my my voice is gone. Usually, I'll have to 
warm up like the first couple of days of tour i might sound not not so good might have to more rely on mm -hmm. like some yeah add, adding some reverb and some delay on the house and stuff like that but you know by a week in it's it sounds pretty like it's 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 a callus then mm -hmm. it's, it's ready you know yeah everybody thinks that that's the thing because I've, I've done like marathon voiceover sessions like four hours afterwards I feel like the opposite. My voice isn't tired. It's like yeah. I'm ripping. I can do yeah. any sound. I can do anything at all because I've been talking for so long. I can just really manipulate my voice. That's actually always really helpful for me to like days where I can talk a lot. Are, are Usually I find that I have like a good performance on stage, yeah. like a good tone vocal wise, probably because I am all warmed up from talking because mm -hmm. I usually don't do vocal warm ups. It's everyone just looks at me and laughs and it's like i can't there's nowhere to go by myself to do them and i'm sitting there elevator going, Tra -la 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 -la, and like you know and yeah. hissing and all this stuff and it just it just looks and feels weird so i never I, i'm warmed up by two songs in anyway so i just i just go with it and mm -hmm. so like it's one of those things where I, everyone has their own thing with the vocals mm -hmm. but i just i what I, I lost my train of I know, thought. I completely. I blew voice it. Conditioning, like when yeah, you like you don't lose I, your voice because it's it's in there. I just have used it so much. I guess I I I, I one time we did this. We did uh, a, a South by Southwest weekend where it was like we did between Wednesday and Saturday we did eight sets. Shit. And, and from Friday, like Friday at noon to like no no. Friday at like 5 p.m. to like Saturday at 5 p.m. we did five sets. So like in a 24-hour period we did five <laughs> sets. The end of that, my voice was gone. Yeah, completely gone. And that, but it was interesting it good because though, right? I it was I was able to like something came out every time we played, and then at the end of it you couldn't believe like it felt like we had ran a marathon. It was it was nuts. The last set was outside on the Beerland patio with the sun beaming down, like go, su setting on us. And I thought I was going to have heat stroke. There's so many things you talked about so far that I would be like, oh, I'm going to cancel the show, actually. Yeah. I don't want to stand in the fucking sun. I just it's, want I have, like, a poster board on, like, a rig to be in the shade. It really lets you know, like, what you're... I feel like I have a pretty strong character because there's so many times where I don't want to play. And, yeah. Or, like, I want... or Or, you know... Someone tells me to like, why don't you just mail it in tonight? And and I can't go up in front of a bunch of people, especially if they've seen us before, knowing that we put on a lot of energy. And well, you not, can't though. It's not yeah. It's and I, and not like not like I can't quit. Like that's just like the craziest thing in the world to me. So it's it's like a I I don't know. Like I I've I've been on I've had full I've been having you know I've had shows where I'm like on the like I'm having a full-blown panic attack before we go on because I haven't slept in a couple of days mm -hmm. or whatever. And then you go out there and it's like, there's no turning back and you're just sort of hit with this. You get this energy like, from someplace. You, you, no, you get like a flight or fight response. Yeah. And, and. Well, that's what I mean. You get that, that energy yeah, comes it's, from it's, the, it's you really, have to it's do it. It's really weird. And, and you, and some of the best sets that I've put on are where I've, I've felt my worst, you mm -hmm. know, like, I had a, I had a set in Europe where I just had this this dude in a in a in a a band sort of like talking down to me before a set and talking down to you. Yeah, I I won't get too deep into it, but it was just this this sort of there's this big misunderstanding and like 
I just felt like you'll never be as good as Kiss. That, this band, yeah, it was like it was more like you need to be nice to every band, whether you like them or not, because if you're mean in the metal world, people will like turn their backs on you, and you're, and I was kind of like that seems really lame, like. If I think a band sucks, I should be able to, like, or a person sucks, I should be able to, like, say so. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that, I, 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 th- I just, it kind of dawned on me that there's, there's gatekeepers in every industry, right? Yeah. It feels like you reach a certain point, and there's, like, these people that just have more power than they should, mm-hmm. and you're like, why does this person get to make these kind of decisions? And I sort of saw some of that over in these big European festivals and I got really mad before this set and I put on a really good show and like we I I broke a mic stand I broke a microphone and and our tour manager managed to talk our way out of it you know um he was like, "How do you know it wasn't broken before, before <laughs> we touched it?" And it's also a it was bent before we started playing. It was a mic stand, and yeah, it, it was fine. I think he gave him like the guy the, to save the guy was like, "I have to get something," and he's like, get gonna give you, he's like, "I'm going to give you." He's like, "I'm going to give you twenty bucks, and you're going to you're going to be happy American about it." Twenty dollars. He's like, "Okay, twenty euro," 20 which euro. is actually better. That's more. Yeah. That's more. Uh, when you're over there. How do you not spend a bunch of money on bullshit like we're in Europe? I would just want to buy all kinds of weird dumb shit. Because you don't have anywhere to put it or to take it home with you. Okay, there you go. That's a good. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I, about I, that. My 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 thing is is uh, comics, which buying books on tour is really obnoxious. Yeah. I like I tend to not buy like single issue stuff, so it'll end up I'll have like a big graphic novel, like a stupid sized art book or something. A lot of us buy records. Yeah, I buy a lot of records, and I've. Bu- that's that's always wacky. Well, I started shipping them to myself. Yeah. Because if you buy enough at one before. store, they're like, "Would you want us to ship this to you?" I well, they do that. Yeah. We. I don't think. I don't think anyone has ever offered that to us. I think I've maybe. paid for it a couple times. Yeah. But also, it's one of those things where I spent so much it didn't matter. It's like right. it's just a. Yeah, it's like one extra record to ship yeah. these. There's a lot of record hunting that our that yeah. that our band does, but they usually just everyone just walks on with it, gets to the point where they all everyone's got a tote bag, and then. But I remember there's been a couple times where uh, Blake, our lead guitar player, he's the one who goes really crazy, and he he'll he'll like actually have to mail a couple ba- boxes back. What's he collecting mainly? Um, he is really into just pop music, like like. Key Brit pop from every era, like just if it, if it, not not like bubble, not bubblegum pop, but like right. a lot of power pop, a lot of like, yeah, like you know anything like Oasis, but like going deep, deep into There's like a deep well. I don't know that well very yeah. well, so I can't even reference it really. But man, it's it's there's some good stuff in there. There's some stuff that I can't hang with. It's a. Uh, it, but it helps, like, that's where a lo- that's where we get a lot of songwriting tricks from, though. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, he like he likes stuff like Husker Du and, like, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, you find, like, these ideas from, like, bands like Dinosaur Jr. and some, like, stuff like that. Little, like, ways to bring back in, like, a hook. Mm-hmm. And, and that, like, always. So that's, I think, what makes a big part of our band successful is we, we take a lot of stuff from, like, pop. And soul There's nothing and like better than it. Yeah, taking an influence from someplace that's unexpected. In a, I always think about that thing where um, 
Charlie Parker, whenever he listened to music, would always listen to country music. Someone told me that, yeah. Yeah, he was like well, a huge country head. And I think about like there's a lot of country musicians who are super into um, R&B. I, well, I have a playlist before we go on and it, to hype myself up, and it's like it's like Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, like The Temptations, right. like Sam and Dave. It's just like a bunch of Motown and soul. And like some of them, it's like, like one of them is like, a few, more than a few are straight gospel songs, right. and it's like I'm not a religious, not that much of a religious type. Not that much, but not that much. Mm. Spiritual guy, not religious guy. You know, that old chestnut person. Totally. But like, they, uh, I'll, uh, that's that's the stuff that really like puts me in like a calm place, but also gets me hyped up too, because it's got a lot of energy. I also have a, I also have a soft spot for a good horn section. Anything that's got Hell really yeah. good horns, you know. I love ska when I was a kid. Okay. Oh, Brazilian stuff like I I really like African stuff like Fela Cuddy. Yeah, that's the horn arrangements Tony Allen stuff like that. It's pretty tight. It's all really fascinating stuff. Like, like Fela's life is crazy. He was like an actual like rebel and like had like a club where he would just host these huge concerts and have these. There's a bunch of videos on YouTube where you can watch these full concerts. My favorite one is. They're playing in the pouring rain. His club was called The Shrine, and it's like he's got this big 30-piece band, and it's got, like, dancers and backup singers, and he's just dancing the whole time as hard as he can, and they're performing, and he's leading the band somehow as he's doing this. He's pulling each girl into this, like, dance line, like a soul train line sort of, and doing, like, a dance solo with each girl, and it goes on for so long. And the, but they're just yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're just just Classic. grooving, just Chugging. bouncing up and down, and it's pouring rain. They're all just dripping sweat, and it's just the coolest, like most high energy thing in the world. I gotta check that. I've never seen that. I think it's I it's really great. I'll try. I'll, I'll send you the link to it. But it's it's one of his videos from a fella at the shrine or something like that. But all that stuff's really cool because right. they're actually like. I think that stuff is very punk. I know that sounds kind oh, it's of super corny punk, to say, but I mean, I mean you know, I you know the story about expensive shit, right? Do you know uh, the, that song? No, I, don't, I know the song. I don't know the story behind so it. So like uh, the the we'll the, right fella, the fella song, ex- expensive shit is is if I, I might get the story wrong, but basically he gets pulled over. He's he's the government wants to imprison him. They plant a bag of joints on him, but before they can book him, he downs the joints. And he's like, you don't have any fucking evidence. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're going to put you in jail forever. And they uh, basically pay, you know, he, they, they, they have a guard. Wa- they have guards watch over him for the 72 hours they can hold him or whatever. And they're, they're waiting for him to poop out this bag of joints. And it never comes out. And then as soon as he gets out of jail because they don't have any evidence to book him on anything, he goes and writes this whole song just mocking the entire situation about how the government, you know, paid these guards to watch him take a shit. Expensive shit. To try and, like, bust him. And he was just minding his own business and stuff. So, yeah. I think that's that's really cool. And it's just, like, it's writing music like that blows my mind Mm -hmm. where you have so many moving parts. and And then having a song be 14 minutes long totally all that vamping stuff i, I mean that's what i like about metal so much is i don't play single instrument really never never oh, never that's interesting 
So and but I feel like I understand a, a lot of music mm-hmm. theory without being able to like articulate it. You know, like I can, you know, talk about song structure with the other members of my band and you know communicate like, oh, we need to be moving. You know, this you know these eight measures over mm-hmm. over here. Well, if you're around and, like, something let's enough. Let's repeat. Yeah, if you're around something enough, you sort of pick up some of the language. But like a lot more of is it is it I can hear it and then but not necessarily explain it back to somebody yeah. but you know hearing songwriting tricks and stuff like that so but yeah like metal is is it's 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 also like what makes a good or interesting punk band now it's like when you hear people take something and then just tweak it just just so that it makes it something different and i sort of think that's what makes my band not suck is that we like I, I don't think we're doing anything super progressive, but like if you asked, it I think the worst thing anybody would say about my band is that we don't suck, you know. They'd I think like, that would be a pretty good worst thing, right? Yeah, or, like I you, mean, like, yeah, you know. or best whatever you want to call it. That like I I like to say, we get this all the time. Is like some some metalhead will start talking to us at the airport or wherever. Oh, what band are you in? Oh, you're oh you're in Power Trip. Oh, my li- my wife loves your band. My wife loves your band. Yeah, yeah. We're like it's uh, like a wife metal we're band. Your, we're your wife's favorite. That's metal, interesting. Metal but what band. are they into then? Like I, exhumed or some shit. Yeah, a lot of it seems to be, or, or a lot of it seems to come from like stoner guys, like people who are like in like Uncle Acid and or like riding the, motorcycles. Yeah. What's it called? Gas Huffer. Uh, One of those like bands. Bong Ripper. Bong Ripper. That's Bong it. Ripper. Bongzilla. Yeah, yeah Bongzilla. Um. Uh, there's so many stoner metal bands. It's ridiculous. It's kind of like a thing where you could roll, you could make like a wheel of yeah. words and yeah, make a, like stone, a stoner metal band. Bongo. Yeah. It all just, sounds the fucking same. All, or what's it called? Weed Eaters a band. Yeah, Weed Eaters a band. <laughs> it all just sounds like. Yeah. There's it's some, so there's similar some, to me. I like the like '90s stuff, like Caius. Oh my god, I fucking yeah, love Caius. Yeah, like like Caius early, is insane. Early Queens, dude. Like Caius, stuff like oh my god. like a lot of the stuff that they're influenced by. Yeah, that's why like Hawkwind was so great. Hawkwind is they ridiculous. Were, they were really awesome. That was the best thing I saw in Europe. Mm-hmm. Or or um, uh, Perturbator. Have you heard this guy? No, Perturbator. Perturbator almost sounds it's, like Masturbator. Yeah, like a I don't know what a Perturbator is. It sounds really dirty. Someone who pisses you off? A Perturber? Of, yeah, it's French. Perturbator. But it's this dude. Perturbator. Yeah, <laughs> I am from Paris. <laughs> we played on a boat in Paris the last time we were there. But he's like, it's like digital metal. Like you almost yeah. want a headbang, but it's all synth and keys Weird. and like. He has a he has like a live drummer that plays a drum like a, an actual drum kit, but it's mixed in with like digital triggers and Weird. it's really crazy. It sounds like it sounds like um, really aggressive like Blade Runner music, like or like or like the high like really aggressive horror music. Okay, yeah. But it's almost riffy. The way he plays the keys is almost like like riffy, sort of. I'm going to check that out. It's very cool. I have a thing I've been thinking about metal lately that I feel like I sort of, for me, like a puzzle about metal that I feel like I sort of cracked, and I want to see if you agree with me on this. Break me off. So I think that, like, the appeal of metal for me is that it's this thing where when it's really good, it's very intense, and it gives you, like, this energy where when shit's like just cooking and like there's like a riff where it's like just the like that thing yeah it feels like you're in a fucking tank yeah there's like something that happens where i obviously there's a lot of stuff with metal that's aligned with fantasy like skeleton fantasy and death right 
And to me, I love that, and I feel that I also feel that, and I listen to it. But there's also this component to metal that I feel that super, when I feel that super intensity when I'm listening to a part of a song that's just made to fucking rip melt your face off. It's like a thing where I feel like it's sort of saying in a way it's it's rage, it's love in the form of rage. It's this thing oh, where absolutely. I, you love your fellow man so much that you would die. You would die for somebody because you don't care about anything. You, you care about no material possessions. It's all about about um, like your soul and connection. Say say that again because I really like the way you put it. I, mean, I don't know what how to say, say it again. You had it. You had it you well, we think right. I were recording it. But I think it's uh, it's it w- rage. It's lo- yeah, the love. Love in the form of rage. rage. I like that a lot because because um, that's basically what the band is all about and what these shows are all about. It's like. You know, I started this band out of frustration with the fact that, like, I was probably going to see a lot of really fucked up shit in my yeah. in our lifetime. Like, you know, like, I'm weary of, of like, wanting kids and, like, like wanting to, like, even, like, have a decent credit score because I'm worried about, like, the world fucking collapsing. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's, and, and I was able to basically harness that into, like, well... I might as well try something and try and be better, even if it's just for myself. There's a really good, like, Marcus Aurelius quote from Meditations or whatever, and it's like, this is paraphrasing, obviously, but it's like, it doesn't matter if there is a God. Like, if there is a God and, like, he, like, does judge us, then he's kind of an asshole for putting us in, like, a shitty situation. (laughs) If there isn't a God, then, like... You should basically what it comes down to is like you should just be good for yourself and just prove it and and if there's something afterwards then you're then you're lucky and you tried you know I think that's that's ultimately like what it comes down to is is trying to project positivity in the face of all this negativity Mm -hmm. and that's like what our shows are all about is you know like you can come and have this sort of controlled violence yeah where you can really release and everyone is sort of a part of it, you know, it's like, and it's not, it's not a violence of anger. Yeah, and it's or not it is anger, sport. But it's it's anger. not sport. You know, it's 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 like a release of energy, mm. and and it's it's it, yeah, like you think it, it looks like it's very angry, but it's 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 people having fun and and forgetting about the things that actually do make them angry that I they have to suppress yeah. all that time, you know. Or you're, you're you're angry about all this sub- bullshit. Yeah, you, so you're you gonna let the anger out, Dunkin' Donuts or whatever mm. for for whatever reason and you're free like you're just like internally freaking out 23 hours out of the day or whatever and then you get to go to a show and then for you know the hour that the band plays you can just let that all go yeah and it's and like we make a big point that everyone should feel comfortable like if you like aggressive music and as long as you're a tolerant person you're welcome at our shows. i feel like that's a thing with metal too i always say this in the podcast all the time is if i had to pick one genre of per, of fan, one fan, a fan of one genre to watch my non-existent kids, it would be a metalhead. Yeah. I would trust yeah. a metalhead with kids. Yeah. Because it's like know. that thing where, you know what I mean, like metalheads for the most part, at least people, all the metalheads I've ever met have been people where it's like, there's such like an inclusive thing with metal to where... I've met some metalheads that I wouldn't well, even want to... <laughs> you've met a lot more metalheads yeah, than I have. I wouldn't want to be in a room alone with, let alone trust my kids with them. Well, but, would you rather have you know. a Coldplay fan watch your kids? See, there that, you go. You know, I don't it's the devil you know versus the devil yeah, you don't, yeah, right? Yeah, true, 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 true. I don't want some fucking Vampire Weekend person watching my kids. Yeah, because they're probably... Right, they're... 
they're whatever they're into is much darker than the metalhead. Yeah. The metalhead is like, yeah, I do meth, but I'm yeah. not going to do it in front of your kid. I'm never I'm do that not going to do. I'm not going to do the meth in front of your kid. Exactly. Yeah, the vampire weekend. There's like friend, an honesty friend is like, to it. I don't do cocaine, and then like you know, like as soon as you leave the house, they're doing cocaine off your infant's forehead. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's right. like a dishon. There's like an honesty in yeah, metal sure, that I feel like is sure. not apparent anyplace else. To where, if you <laughs> see someone who's got like a a metal shirt or metal hat on, there's an instant sort of kinship that doesn't come from other genres. It's a little bit like, hey, somewhat, man, I see you. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, I guess, like, you know, I mean, if you're older, at least, it wasn't acceptable. And if you're, like, still it's kind of a someone who's... T- if you look like someone who's actually enjoys metal, because, I mean, you have, you have, like, you know... Justin Bieber making merch that and like like you know oh, high end streetwear companies that like sort of rip off Metallica yeah. or Slayer's logo or whatever you know like metal is is sort of like you know homogenized into like the mainstream where you can go to Urban Outfitters and get a Metallica shirt and yeah. pe- well, it's gotten to the point where people is people, ride people think Power Trip is a clothing brand sometimes really yeah like like we'll have like you know. I think Someone that's actually a good sign. I think that's a good sign. No, I think it's a totally great sign that like our, you know, our branding is on point. Whatever, who cares? Like we have our our merch guy is actually like our art director oh, really? too. We give him the responsibility of like he has the vision for, you know, the shirts and the aesthetic. Like he's not just like the guy who sells our t-shirts, and it's an important role. But yeah, th- it, when when it's kind of funny our. Our shirts now, like if someone sees like a power trip shirt, a lot of people are kind of like, "Yeah, I know you're, you're cool," or like, mm-hmm. "Like you, you must have good taste." There you're is down. this sort of like people do like get sto- I get stories from friends all the time of people meeting or like, you know, bonding over uh, uh, someone because they're wearing a power trip shirt, and it'll be it, it's some of the craziest stuff. You it know, like sense, I though. got to meet and hang out with Post Malone basically because a friend of mine showed him Power Trip and like he loved it. That's and then funny. like his photographer booked a show for us in Minneapolis in Minnesota, oh, actually, like way back in the day. Uh, Adam DeGrasse, shout out. But he like he, you know, set that up and it's just it's just crazy where that stuff kind of like leads to. But yeah, you'll see it. And, you know, you know, and give respect. But one time this actually got my my friend um I was working door at this bar in Chicago, The Owl, and uh, he uh, couldn't let this guy in the bar, but he was like, n- he did, the guy was visibly drunk, and he didn't have an ID, and he's like, I can't let you in, man. You're mm-hmm. wasted. You don't have an ID. But nice power trip shirt. And the guy was like, what did you say? And he's like, nice power trip shirt. And I guess the guy took it the wrong way and just sucker punched the shit out of my friend. What way did he my take friend, it? My friend's name is Skinhead Steve. He's neither a skinhead nor named Steve. Steve? But it's a great nickname, right? He just I looks like so. a skinhead Steve. So, yeah. But yeah, there's like a there was there was you know video footage of of skinhead Steve getting just sucker punched outside of uh, this say? bar. Yeah, he was like, "What did you say?" And he's like, "Nice power trip shirt." And the guy was like, mm, "Fuck you!" He thought he was mocking him, I guess, because he wasn't letting him in the bar. See, that's that's a classic attitude of a drunk person, is being defensive. Uh, from the get-go about something that's the compliment. <laughs> about a compliment, yeah. That just says everything about the kind yeah. of person who shows up uh, wasted and punches someone in the face. Like, the whole idea behind, like, alcoholism is 
is like, what? Like you did something wrong. It's like, yeah, hey, it's, it's it's actually you, man. You're the you're the yeah. problem. It's not me. He he was just being a nice guy. God, he was like, funny. man, I can't let you in. I'm sorry. I like your shirt. Didn't your merch guy? You said won some. He's like merch guy of the year or some oh, shit. Oh, we we uh, our our merch guy our merch guy just won in a, <laughs> it's like a at venue is like an app that merch people can use to keep track of sales and stuff like that and they awarded him merch guy of the month of the month of the month That's of rad. June 2019 There's a plaque up somewhere <laughs> he uh he wasn't even working for us he was working for uh ghost main uh, ghost that month. ghosty main ghosty main okay. yeah that guy's yeah. weird yeah it's an interesting blend but we we've got like a lot his dj is a friend from dallas and uh um, so his, his tour manager used to tour manage us. Uh, so we've got like some friends and connections in that crew and he needed the money. So he went and worked out, worked with them and he said he worked his ass off. So it's kind of funny that he won an award, but, um, Did you say you guys they used a, his, a mug shot for his, oh. like on the website, they used a, a mug what shot. What did he go to jail for? So, um, This is a cool story you were hinting at. Yeah, I, I was going to, oh yeah, th- I, yeah. So, um. I was finishing up vocals for Nightmare Logic, the the last LP we did, and it was the last session. And and like uh, we we got to this session, we had some backup vocals to do, and we get this text, and we're like, Hood, our our and then our merch guy's name is Hood. He's been with us since the band started. He's kind of like you know like the sixth member. He yeah. comes with us everywhere and whatever. We brought it, it, he he was gonna show up, and they're like. Uh, David, his roommate, says that Hood's in jail, and we're like, oh, shit, you know, do we know why? No. And we're in this small town called Denton in oh, Texas. I know Denton, You yeah. know Denton, great. Went to college there, small college town. Do this vocal session. I'm like, great, I'm, like, I'm done with this, uh, this record, finally. I'm, dry, I'm leaving Denton, and I thought that I had had this headlight problem fixed, and I didn't. And I ended up getting pulled over, and I had some old warrants. What do you mean some old warrants? Just I don't have any old warrants. What do you mean an old yeah, warrant? I lived in Chicago for that's two an old years, warrant. and I thought you, you were just had like a speeding ticket. No, no, no. This, ticket. Okay. this this gets this 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 will get pretty good. But so like the they they this this cop pulls me over and I tell him you know like oh my license is also expired. I just I know that I, I'm getting pulled over. And I'm pretty You're much going great. to jail. I'm yeah. I'm so of course this cop's not giving me a break. And I'm getting the handcuffs thrown on me. And I'm like, what are the odds I end up in jail with Hood? There's no way this is going to happen. But it's a small town, and there's only two jails. There's the city jail and the county jail. I have no idea what Hood's in for, so I go in. They, they take me in, and, uh, you know, he's like, the cop's like, you know, you'll have to get it figured out with the judge in the morning. And I, I they they get me booked in, and, <laughs> and I walk into this cell, and I just see hood's big curly head of hair like hanging out from this blanket and i'm like hey dude what's going on God. and he's like what what are you what the fuck are you doing here and i was like oh i was bored <laughs> just thought i'd come in to <laughs> to hang out with you for a few hours he's like did you come to fucking bail me out they're letting me out in like four hours and i was like no i didn't i only know you i only found out that you're in here through a text message like Jesus. i just got arrested too and he's like what so he wakes up. It was like two in the morning when I finally get in there, and he wakes up and I was like, "Yeah, so I'm here on just some like old warrant bullshit." And I was like, "What? What are you? What are you in here for?" So the the night before, so this was like 
this is now Monday morning. It's like Monday 2 a.m. I basically got arrested Sunday night. So Saturday night, Hood is leaving the bar. He usually walks home. And he was walking through this this little pathway. And uh, this guy jumps out and he's like, give me all your money. I have a knife. And Hood goes, Hood's kind of, Hood's, Hood's a, a, a tough guy. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, well, I don't have any money, so fuck you. And he turns around and he just punches this guy right in the face, right? Fuck yeah. Hits the guy get the guy like screams and runs away. Screams and, like, and runs he hides away. under he un- he hides under a flight of stairs, right? And Hood's standing and he's like, You want you want more? And the guy's like, No. So he goes, he walks over to the seven eleven, still on the way home from his house. This guy comes over the the this this homeless, whatever, this guy who basically tried to mug Hood comes over to the 7-Eleven, and he's causing a scene and talking about how Hood hit him and uh, Hood's, you know, yelling back at him about how, you know, you said you had a knife. And this the, this scene occurs where the guy tries to steal a skateboard, whatever, but someone calls the police. The police show up. The guy runs off into the night, and they're like, sir, what happened? And Hood explains to him, this guy tried to mug me. You know, I hit him. I came over to the 7-Eleven. He came over here and made a scene. And they're like, well, did he hurt you? Do you want to file a reporter? Do you know, file any charges? He's like, no. You know, he ran off into the night. He didn't take anything from me. And they're like, okay. Well, we got called out, so we have to fi- write, like, a police report anyway. Um, can we have your ID? And they go run his license, and he has, like, an Fuck. old warrant. Yeah. So, they, so, so he almost gets mugged. Punches this guy out. The guy falls into the 7-Eleven, makes a huge scene about it. And then, like, after all this, you know, our friend just trying to walk home from the bar, he ends up getting arrested over, like, some old warrant mm-hmm. bullshit. But he was going to sit it out till Monday morning and just get time served. And so, Jeez. and then I get a, got arrested the following night. So we both were cellmates for about eight hours. Probably um, not good for your credit pri- score. No, 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 no. <laughs> and we also, I think we started a European tour like four days after that. So I had to pay like, yeah, like $1,200 to God get out damn. to make sure that I, because uh, if I just tried to sit it out, I probably would have been cutting it pretty close. Oh, you would have been, been in there for what, like two weeks or something? No, oh, maybe just oh. like three or four days. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. Worth paying to get out of jail. Well, I've never been to jail. They wouldn't, they would have, so. they would have. They wouldn't have taken me to county, so it would have been in like a city jail, like, like not like a like jail jail. I, w- like I would a have drunk tank. I would yeah. I yeah. would I I wouldn't have had like a bunk or anything. Yeah. It would have just been a miserable experience for four days. So yeah. So this is the uh, the merch guy. You said that you guys used to watch. Mega yeah, Drive? me me and our merch guy were huge fans. of I Mega still Drive. can't fucking believe that when you said that just now. Because I've MTV never met an American. Used to pop off. We were huge fans of Wonder Shows and in Mega Drive, God. and we used to like get on AOL Instant Messenger and like <laughs> fucking like just like bounce jokes off and be like, "Oh my God, is you?" I remember so funny, one of the man. the one the the one episode that sticks out is when you like you roll up on like the motorcycle club. Oh yeah, and you're wearing like a Boy Scout mm-hmm. uniform. <laughs> you had a vest, had like little yeah. fringes on it. It was like yeah. these, the Mongols, I think, yeah, which is in yeah, Northern yeah. California. Yeah, those guys were yeah. rough. Yeah, they're and real nasty, Mongols yeah. too, right? Yeah, they were pretty friendly. Like, What's up, guys? Yeah, there's there's all those guys um, are friendly. We we attract some biker folk, right? And they're 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 cool as fuck. Yeah, they were really cool. They were like, I mean, 
all those guys, they always have the tough exterior. Yeah. But you also hear about them doing stuff like, um, what's the Hell's Angels do that, the the toy ride where they raise like a yeah. million dollars for kids, charities kind of the, shit. A lot of, um, a lot of those guys, that's what they do is, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's weird. They love they, kids. They'll, they'll, they'll do a lot of charity stuff and then sell they'll, a lot also, of they'll also sell you a lot of meth and <laughs> kill you with an ice pick. You yeah. Know, like, yeah, it's it's crazy. I <laughs> do you ever do you ever ride a motorcycle? No, okay. our bass player is a big big uh, motorcycle yeah. guy. Hood Hood has a uh, Hood likes to tell people that he doesn't ride in the bus of the van. He follows uh, the tour on his motorcycle, which is not true. Yeah, he can't even ride a motorcycle. Okay. It's a lie. Yeah, you could have a chain to he it. He has maybe. like training wheels on on a Harley, <laughs> <laughs> like little. Little, it's like a, a tricycle thing. Yeah, well, know? that that giant bike I rode a Mega Drive had training Yeah, wheels. I remember that one. Yeah, God, yeah. I almost fucking died in that one, I think. I feel like there's a few episodes where you there came were pretty close. A couple episodes. I think it was a kind of death where it was a thing where I didn't, it would have been a really a boring sort of sad death because I died because of, oh, this pipe hit me. Or like this, like, like this yeah. tractor rolled over. This tractor rolled over you or, yeah. oh, you've. You got stuck in a which dolphin. Is, which is like a story that happens quite frequently yeah. in the Midwest, you know? Yeah, it's people like die all the time on farms. Guy falls in cornmeal. You know what? The, that's always one that always blows my mind is, is like dying by like corn or grain suffocation, like yeah. falling in a grain silo. Fuck. That'd be so wild. Yeah, because it packs you in. It's so heavy. Just yeah, but, but it's enough to like mm-hmm. you sink in it. So it's... You just Whoa. Ooh, ooh. that fucking sucks. Death a cool by metal song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that sounds like uh, something like Slipknot would go for. Slipknot. Yeah. That's a whole other side of metal. I feel like I never. Yeah, got that's into. a. I you know, we're not a we're not very performative. Well, not in that sense. Not they write they write songs. They write real songs and they people but they love have, them. They, they 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 go really big. Mm-hmm. A lot of like, I've. Getting to do these bigger metal tours and these bigger festivals, you see bands with like pyro and all the production that goes pyro into it. Pyro to me is, I don't know how people can deal with that shit. So I I've, I was told by uh, Gary Holt, who plays guitar in Slayer and Exodus, that it 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 often works in your favor because if you're really wet and sweaty, <laughs> a blast of pyro will flash dry you. And then you'll get like a cool breeze that follows it, so you'll be really hot for a split second. That's but fucking it'll so little, extreme. It'll like flash, you know, all the moisture off your body, because and then you go jump a cold water on your head, <laughs> and you're like cooled off. Because I mean, they're playing for two hours with yeah. just you know flamethrowers just. But going. how close are you to something? How many feet are you away from that flash drying you and burning your skin off? That's like gotta be like ten feet, right? I don't know, man, because. They get really close to it. Mm-hmm. I we met, we met Kiss's pyro guy, and they have like, there's pyro and then there's like shells and there's all this Shell. stuff. They oh. have straight up flamethrower, like what would be <laughs> like, you know, the same like a military. They have Kiss has like military grade like flamethrowers that just go so far out, and you're standing, you know, by the front of house like the soundboard, and you're still feeling the heat. You know, and then we got to watch Slayer side stage, and they've got, you know, big walls of flames, and it's it's blindingly hot, but you know, no one ever seems to get burned. But one time I played a show where like 
it was so hot. The like the stage lights were so close. It was so hot that the sil- the screen printing on my shirt was like mm. smoking. That's probably so I don't was know. Probably, you were burning. It was something. Yeah, was, I think you were being burnt. My shirt burnt. was burning. We've had we've had we've had we had a, we've had close calls. Like we had like a we had like a, a cord. Uh, we had a huge stage floodlight tip over in Russia in Moscow and and it started smoking and I was like screaming at this guy to turn it off and he was just standing oh, there. That's Russia. Don't know. Uh, it's that's okay. Fine. It happens at every show. How we long were you in Russia for? We burn it down. Just we've done Russia twice. Is that pretty interesting? It's very interesting. The first time we went we got extorted like 3 times. How about cops? You get a, the cops, the air, people at the airport, Fucking customs, a, yeah, they're just like, this lady told us that, this the lady at the airport, it was like, we had all our equipment and everything, and, uh, and we're like, oh, I, you know, it says on our tickets we each get uh, 25 kilos of, of checked baggage mm-hmm. per person for free, and she's like, no, it is 25 kilo total per person, including your carry-on, and we're like, well, what if we, like, can't pay for mm-hmm. all this stuff? And she's like, you do not have to get on the plane. So we had to fork over, like, 1,200 euros. Like, everything Jesus we had made Christ. on this tour to make sure that we could just get. We had to rent a locker in Germany to, like, put merch and leave merch behind because we couldn't afford to bring all the stuff. That, that, so that's did you have, like, like, a tour manager who deals with this shit? Now we do. For a long time, we didn't. Yeah. Well, we rope friends into helping out, but you know, it's a lot of it's, it's there's there's so much stuff that you like cannot foresee when you go on a tour, even as a tour manager. Who's the person in the band who would deal with it when before the tour manager? Was it you? Uh, there's a long time where it was me, and then it, uh, more recently, it's been our drummer who's who will handle a lot of it. Or like now, we all sort of like have jobs divvied up yeah. amongst ourselves to handle. You, you ever read that book, Under a Hoodoo Moon, by Dr. John? No. He used to be a band leader back in the day. He was talking about how, as the band leader, he has to deal with all this bullshit. Like, yeah. everything. Like, gnarly shit. Like, getting people out of jail and just paying fines and all that kind of crap. And he would say that, he'd just talk about how much, how, if you have a good band leader, you can get away with a lot of stuff because... Musicians traditionally are so fucking spacey or fuck ups that sometimes you have a band that just it's a great band, but you can't travel because everyone's so irresponsible. That that band I was trying to show you um, the other day, Iron Iron Age. Age. Yeah, that's that's sort of like that band where I think that they their Iron Age is this band from Texas that if they hadn't existed, I don't think Power Trip ever really would have started. They were sort of like. They're a couple years older than us, and and they were this the the band that sort of really kind kind of came up in the hardcore punk scene that turned into a metal band, and we we saw that and saw them as sort of like this older influence, and we didn't set out to sound or be like them, but it sort of just kind of went that way. But they they were insane. I mean, they had their, their stories of them having guns pulled on them, you know. Pulled on them know, for what? Oh, just starting trouble at parties and, you know, like they were they were a very out of control band. One one of wow. one story that I can mention is they they uh they had a uh basically a box cutter fight on stage. <laughs> like like between the members? Yeah, but like, like the, the theatrical, the merch, like a joke? Sort of like 
you're so wasted that you'll oh, like okay. wrestle your friend. Yeah. So the merch guy and a cut like the guitar player and another guy were just so wasted at the show that in the middle of the set they just sort of got into an impromptu box cutter oh, fight cool. where they had to go to the hospital and stuff like oh, that. Oh, from so. box cutter wounds? Yes, yes. It's pretty metal though. Yeah, and they they like got a tour with Baroness and then sort of I just like don't think could have could handle sort of the the switch to professionalism where it's like load yeah. in's at three and here's your sound check. Like you don't you can't just pull up to the show wasted at eight PM. Right. And you know, we used to do that. We mm -hmm. used to be that band, you know, where we were like on research chemicals from like the dark web, like showing up <laughs> to shows and just like what kind of research getting chemicals? A, getting away with. You remember? <laughs> we had two uh, CE, two CI, two CB. We got God. pure DMT from there. We would get like, I had a friend. We had a friend that was like on the dark web and and like the Silk Road before right, like before the Silk the Road down. was really like even like. Like oh, early Silk that Road. common early Silk Road. I think I want to put this in, in like tw I want to say this is like around 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. There was a summer where like every weekend we were just getting some powder that he <laughs> traded. Jesus Christ, MXE, man! Like, like, oh, like analogs academy. Yeah, it was it was a very trippy, very weird summer. But yeah, I mean, we, there was there was there was a time and place for all of that, and then. And then you start to make a little bit of money, and it's covering your rent, and you're like, oh, shit, I sort of have to take this seriously. Yeah. So now, like, I don't even really drink anymore. I pretty much just stick to smoking weed and not bad. some LSD every now and again. And Let's take a quick break here. Yeah. We'll come right back, and we'll finish it up. <laughs> I did not look in the shower. I spent the last month taking showers in a portable like shower trailer thing. Really? Where on that All those thing? festivals, yeah. So those festivals yeah, seem even like a fifties looking hotel shower seems appealing to me now. So. <laughs> you know. Um, Only what, what? What? What was I? Yeah, we're talking about research chemicals. We were talking about research chemicals. And how you're not doing them anymore, and how you don't really drink anymore. I still do that. I do, I do, do occasional that. research. You do a little bit of research. Yeah, it's just it's like. Uh, I, I well well you're saying like you know there's there's bands that sort of reach a point where they can't like professionalism sort they of like breaks together. them they can't get it together yeah and those always make for kind of the more legendary bands you know the right. bands break up and people are always dying to see them like they like that dysfunction and right you know our 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 band was plenty dysfunctional but we managed to really keep it together somehow and then sort of like be like okay we have a shot at sort of making this like our day jobs mm -hmm. do we want to do this or do we want to just have it be the fun drunken like rolling machine of that's a weird thing i suppose because i mean partying and yeah. stupid jokes and you that know, must like have been the, what was that like do you remember that moment where you thought okay so this is the thing i have to do this full time or i can't do it I think it was probably yeah around 2016 where um, we went on we got this that when we started the interview when we were talking about the bandwagon stuff we did this tour with Death Heaven Anthrax and Lamb of God and you just had was, a single at that it point it was like no we had one we had uh, one record out and we were actually getting ready for the second record but uh, to re start recording it I think so at that point Blake, you Blake our lead guitar player yeah. didn't go on this tour because he was still in college got it 
our, our drummer Chris actually played lead guitar, mm -hmm. and we had our friend Connor from this band Red Death come in and play drums. Got it. Because this tour was such a big opportunity for us, we the were like, we one. have to say yes to this. We have to do this tour. Is this right? the crazy one you talked about? The really long where, one? Where the like the generator went out and stuff. Yeah. yeah that okay. that one was so that was our big big tour where where they're like, you know, you need to be there at two o'clock mm -hmm. to load in, and you know, this is your. 30 minutes to sound check and there's like band catering and green rooms and you know we're with playing what bands again we were with lamb of god anthrax oh and wow. deaf heaven okay. so it was a big tour you know yeah. we're playing like huge rooms and we're even though we're the opening band it was like the first time where we were like we could do this in front of big crowds yeah. like like we could make like there's a mainstream appeal to whatever we're doing we're getting up in front of these like Lamb of God fans, these Anthrax fans who have no fucking idea who we are, and and they're liking it, you know. Yeah. They're buying our stuff, and they're telling us to come back to Grand Rapids, Michigan, or wherever the hell we're playing. And it, and that's like, that was sort of the point where we we had a driver and stuff, so we, could, we were partying on that tour and having a really great time. And then when we went back and started doing... We would get offered tours with like Cannibal Corpse or Obituary, and we were in a van still driving ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it was like when you're having to drive yourself and you you know put in all this extra work, you don't really have time to like. You can't be drunk while you're trying to like do all this, you yeah. know, because you have to drive. You know, you can't. We can't have everyone in the band wasted because we have to load out at twelve thirty at night, drive two hours, get to the hotel at three mm -hmm. a.m., check in sleep until you know noon check out and then drive three more hours to get to the next show like you yeah. there's a point where you have to le actually wake up and be like okay we're gonna like take this seriously now and so i get went around 2016 I so think that was when, when that you hit. got offered that tour yeah so was it a thing where you had to stop doing something else did you guys? Did you yeah, I had, I, had like I, a, had I had like a day, I had like a day job. I had a, I had a job where I was I was doing like web writing. Mm -hmm. I was just like a an SEO like search engine optimization, okay. just like writing bullshit web pages. Like I I, I ghost wrote like a journal for like um, a wig store. Like <laughs> I, pr I pretended to be like a forty year old woman talking about like hair fashion. So you were. Happy it was to called quit the head that. shop online, but the woman wow. did not understand what a head shop was yeah. also known as. She's like, I get tons of traffic, but they never turn into sales like, because they're looking for something else, lady. Fuck, that's sad. But yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, it was great money, but so, um, you, decide, so you quit. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna quit this. So I, I basically went and did that tour and was working from the road because oh it you was, were yeah okay. I, like my boss you could. Could, I could I could work on a laptop mm -hmm. and had like a wireless you know internet card or whatever and it was all internet based so my my boss was really great about me he wanted me to be in office but when I when I wanted to go on tour he could and I did it for like two years but I came back and I also did some sales too right and I had gotten so so much work that he had to hire another person. And he basically was like, are you going to be home or like I have to let either you or this person go. Did, you've been with me longer. And if you say that you want to stay with the company, you're going to you're going to be here. Right. Okay. And, uh, like, and no, I was no, like, no. you know what? Let this person keep this job. I'm right. going to go out and I'm going to like try and make this work. And basically from there, it's it started to like it. We've 
you know, basically since about the last two or three years, this band has been our main source of income. Were there any times when you thought it wasn't going to, you were like, we're not, this isn't going to so work? So many. I mean, there's like, there you have times where you think that like almost every tour we're right. like, just, you've just had a really bad day and you're like, I don't know if I can take it anymore. Yeah. But what's it's like the, any What's job. like the worst thing you remember happening where it just really fucked with you guys? Maybe fucked with you the hardest in terms of just keeping at it. Man, there's been there's been a lot of moments, but recently, um, on that European run, our bus's AC exploded. Okay. The air conditioning, <laughs> and the the compressor exploded, and it was while like a, a heat wave was sweeping through Europe. So usually bands go to Europe in the summer to escape, yeah. like American summers, I guess. And we got hit with like full-on 100-degree days. Jeez. So we were at this festival uh, called With Full Force. And Where is that? It was outside of Leipzig, Germany. Oh, that's not really And it was yeah, cool. It place, had this, these three giant like art installations. They're massive. And it was made out of repurposed coal, coal mining equipment. <laughs> but it was kind of like pieces were just like, uh, welded together to not make any sense. There's like staircases and walkways leading to nowhere. It was kind of like this weird, like, like death trap industry, like brutalist death trap, yeah. like MC Escher sort of looking thing. So it was in this cool area, but and the artist area were, were all portable stacked on top of each other. We were on the same area as Limp Biscuit, which was kind of cool. Hey guys, you know, felt really cool about that. But the thing was, is it was 100 degrees all day. And it was even hotter on our bus. Mm -hmm. So there was just nowhere to escape this heat. And, you know, like, oh. I took a shower and was just instantly covered in sweat again. I remember we were all trying to just walk around. And we're, I, I remember looking at Nick, our guitar player, and Logan, our tour manager. And I was like, I think this is one of the worst days of, of touring we've ever had. And, and they were like, yeah, there's, you know, we've just... We've been here since we we had gotten there at 5 p.m. the day before. Mm -hmm. We were playing Sunday. We got there at Saturday that evening. The bus broke early Sunday morning, so we woke. We basically woke up to the bus being like over 100 degrees, and Jesus. for till you know 9 a.m. until 3 a.m. You know the following night we were just stuck in a hundred degree <laughs> heat with nowhere to escape to. And I played in swim shorts. Like wow. you, the, cr the crowd wasn't even like the crowd was so tired that they couldn't even move. I know? could, I would be going home. I would. Yeah, say, it was, it was, it was done. just one of those things, but you, you, there was nowhere to escape. You know, Jesus. you wanted to like go up to like the, the band that you barely know and be like, can I come under your bus <laughs> just to like taste some air please. conditioning, please. It's pretty. It's pretty fucked up. That's gnarly. Yeah, but you know, it's like having a job you like, mm -hmm. and it's just physically demanding. Is there anything we should play emotionally? here? Emotionally, to what's like the what power trip song should we play at the end? What, I'll, I'll edit it in. Play, I'll, I'll send you our new song. Oh Horn fuck yes! Our, our, I'll send you Hornet's Nest. That's the song that like it came out with Adult Swim. Adult okay. Swim basically like how does Adult Swim have it? What they, what Adult Swim does do this like thing called the single series, and they just that. they'll just hit up bands and and be like, here's some money to record, record us a song. We want to like promote it for a week, and then let's and then it's yours to do whatever you want with. So we just 
we just gave it to Sirius XM and we haven't put it up on Spotify or anywhere else. So I'll send it to you yes. and we, you can use that.
be Sweet. A we talked about Iron Age. I think who yeah. else we talked about that I should throw in here? That I don't know. Um, I think you like this band Red Death a lot. Cool. That that uh, we've had heard the drummer fill in for us. But come out, come out. I mean, the, if you want to see some bands, the festival we're playing tomorrow was like an all-day thing. And Wait, tomorrow's have like a festival? Yeah, it's called Sound and Fury, and it's at the Belasco, but it starts at like 2. Who I don't know if I'll get playing? there at 2. Whole bunch of bands. You know that band Nervosa? I know the name, but okay. I don't know if I've heard that. They're them. from Brazil. It's like an all-female thrash band. Yeah, 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 yeah. We Have you, have you heard Sacrilege or Detente? <laughs> they both they're both they're both female fronted okay. and they they're 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 like two of my favorite thrash bands and I just love the way the vocal like both of the the singers just have these really ripping vocals. That's the same with uh with Nervosa and I thought yeah. when I first heard them I didn't know it was a woman singing. Yeah. And then I, I looked them up and like, holy shit, how would she sound that way cuz she sounds the same register as like uh, who's the guy who sings for obituary? It's like oh John Tardy. That high. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. It's that sort of like a a howl sort like of like a cat or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's sort of my vibe too. Is uh, yeah. And I think I get that from. Then you'll really like Sacrilege. And we actually the single that I'll send you for Hornets Nest. We did a cover for B side, and it's this band Detente, and it's this song called Holy War, which is a, which is pretty cool. I'll send you that too. Sweet. And it's it's it's. The fun fact about that band is um, the guitar player, they're from the Bay Area, so they're sort of around in like 86 when the Bay Area thrash thing was going on. They only did one album, but Ross Robinson was the guitar player, and Ross Robinson went on to be like, they call him the godfather of new metal because he's the producer for like Limp Bizkit, Korn, yeah. Static X, Slipknot, like all these huge, he went on to basically be like the Rick Rubin of like new metal. That's what you should do is put out like a new metal album just out of nowhere. Like just slide in like a new metal EP. Oh man, I, I uh, like I just said the worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I skipped new metal. I was I was oh, lucky enough. Yeah, I never oh, guess I never what? liked uh, metal. I did too. Yeah. Yeah, Are you just fully skipped. That? See, I fully skipped. Oh, new I was metal. joking. No, I'm I'm oh, doing a joke. New metal. I'm you're kidding. a new metal head. I'm not a new metal head. Oh, don't even say that. I'm even yeah. close. You know like you can name more than 5 Mudbane songs. I think I couldn't name one actually. I think I wouldn't I even be able to tell you. Dig. There's, you know, there's Dig. Who was new metal it. besides Kate Limp Bizkit? There was so many bands. I mean, there was, there was, there was. Stained. Sta Stained. Stained was in there. Cold. You know, you had Puddle Cold. of Mud. Puddle of Mud. Isn't yeah, Puddle of yeah. Mud from I, L.A.? Yeah, I think so. They're Armenian, See, right? But I had a maybe. There's one. Uh, new all metal I know is they Armenian ripped off guys. a Suicidal Tendencies song. Oh. I think that the "She Hates Me" song is a ripoff of a suicidal tendency. You know why they song. covered that? It's because she hates them because he's in a new metal band. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> I, 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 I had a, a cousin who grew up in in Southern California, so he was into like all the like Fat Records and like yeah. Epitaph Punk. Mm -hmm. So like, there's definitely a crossover. He, sti there. he steered me away. The only like crossover there was like 311 and like Sublime and mm -hmm. stuff, because they would sort of dip their toes in yeah. like having like punk it's so or, like playing with like green works. day or something but you know you hear like uh like no effects too and then you know no effects would always you know talk about how they loved like metal and like judas priest and stuff and mm -hmm. that always like that's the kind of stuff that got me curious about music was you know like I used to think like punk was the only cool genre when I was like 13 yeah, that's all too. I wanted to and then and then your brain expands you know like 
I didn't like classic rock until I was like in my 20s and then like now it's like I love UFO and Thin Lizzy and stuff like that and I'm still picky about some of it but you know some of the shit that you write it's funny some of the shit that you write off as a kid and then come around and end up loving do you remember the first thing you heard that was like a distinctive music that you were liking and it wasn't someone showing you it or something it wasn't something your parents would like it was the first thing that you knew was oh this is cool i think i think the first thing that i felt was like really like my own thing like was special to was you, was, yeah. was um was when i got into the bad brains okay i heard that song pay to come and like i loved it and i had this girlfriend that sort of liked punk and my cousin that sort of who was like the guy who kind of got me into punk and neither of them liked it but i liked it and i was like there fine whatever i don't care and then they had like the roar tape they're they're kind of like classic release or whatever and i just loved listening to that so that was like my first like band that was like probably really felt special to me so picked a good yeah, one i was also into a lot of the hydrahead stuff too who's that like uh like isis like okay. so the slower like cave in yeah you know like some of the like the weird like sort of um experimental metal bands but like from the turn of the century so i liked a lot of stuff like that in high school that like nobody else really seemed to listen to i never heard someone say the turn of the century when they meant um right <laughs> 2000 the, year the 2000, turn, of the, the turn of the century oh yeah, yeah. well thank you for being doing this thanks Dude, for thanks being for here. having me i mean yeah, i'm looking forward to the I, show honestly it's like it's it's pretty it's pretty trippy going from what year was Mega Drive, 2005, oh, six. No, I think it was no, 2008, was maybe. Okay, 2000, eight, eight, yeah. No, 2019. But 2019. Yeah, 2019. Okay, yeah. No, sorry, 20, <laughs> 2009. 2009. <laughs> it had, okay, it feels so much longer than 10 years It does. Ago, but it's a trip, it's a trip like having. Yeah, I can't fucking believe that. Respect your work, you know, you know what I mean? Well, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Yeah, dude. man. Peace. Peace. We just did dabs. We bye dabbed bye. up. Bye. Thank you. You yeah. should scream by. It's going to get me thrown out of this hotel. No, it won't. They yeah. would never yeah. throw you out of here. I can't I can't do it on the spot. It's the... What'd you say? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>